You're listening to An Open Dialogue. And I am Todrick Handel. And I am Violet Howe. And today we are talking about what does it mean to be a strong woman, or, as our title says, do strong women have to be bitches? Mm. Right. And we, we kind of did a little investigating into what that means. So what did, what did we get for strong women? Well, I, I looked at the definition of strong, and it was interesting to me because when I, when I looked it up, I just did dictionary.com first, and, uh, and it basically talked about uh, physical or mechanical strength. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think that that kind of in some ways, obviously there are women who are physically strong. I'm not saying that. But I think that in some ways leaves out um, women's strength. If you don't look at, at mental strength, you don't look at emotional strength, you don't look at, you know, other aspects of strength. So I went to Merriam-Webster. They were much more extensive in their definitions. Um, and they have, you know, obviously the physical strength that they have also a definition of having moral or intellectual power, having great resources of wealth or talent. Um, they go on, but there's some that are not mild or weak, um, ardent and zealous, not easily upset or nauseated. Um, so, you know, several different definitions there that could fall under strong. Right. Hmm. What'd you find? Uh, well, let's see. I found from HuffPost, Uh, Being a strong woman means loving yourself when the rest of society says you're too big or too skinny or too dark or too tall or too short or too much or too little. It means defining your own strength instead of adhering to a set of standards society has decided women must follow in order to be considered strong. And I would say that that's a very modern definition. I think it is. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that you're absolutely right. And, uh, um, and I would know. be willing to bet that a woman wrote that definition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't take that bet because I, I would be sure of it. Um, yeah, well, it was very interesting. The, the reason that we're, we're kind of talking about this is that um, I was at a conference, an author conference, uh, earlier this autumn, and I was leading a, a small group, and um, it was primarily, I believe it was all women authors in the group at the time. And uh, at the end, as we came to the end of the session, one of the, uh, one of the authors said, well, as long as we all just keep writing strong women, and now that this was a, um, a group about contemporary romance, and she said, as long as we just keep writing strong women, and immediately, to my shock, there was a backlash among the younger authors in the group. And I, I'm kind of in the middle there. Maybe, maybe I, I'm more on the old side than I am on the young, but, but we're going to say I'm in the middle. And, uh, and they said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, readers do not relate to strong women. They think strong women are bitches, hence our title today. Uh, they, uh, they don't want to read about strong women. Um, and we didn't have time for me to kind of delve into that and say, well, how do you define a strong woman? Um, right. You know, we, we didn't really, I was, I was in shock, and so were most of the other um, authors of my age or a little bit older there. Uh, and they said, you know, we don't like to write women who have a college education. We don't like to write women who have a career. We don't like to write women who um, have any kind of independence. They have to be, they can't really have their own you know, they, they can't have their own strength, they can't have their own thought process, their own minds, basically. Um, and I was just blown away. I was, I was just shocked beyond, beyond the telling of it. As a matter of fact, I wasn't shocked beyond the telling of it because I told a lot of people after and said, you're not going to believe. And, and there was a general um, consensus of how can this be? How can, what are we doing that in this day and age, um, 
women authors are still are saying this or, or feel this way. Um, I think it's interesting that it's younger authors. Um, yeah. And the reason I say that is because I think that you had obviously like the stereotypical role of women and what that was supposed to be. And I would say that that stereotype was rather submissive up through several decades. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I was born in the 60s and I think the 60s was that time where that that kind of started to shift and you started to see women kind of, you know, demand more of a place in the workplace, in society, in, you know, in decision making, in equality. And I think, you know, throughout the 60s, 70s and moving forward, there's been this very vocal um, coming out of women, you know, asking for equality or asking to be heard or asking to be seen as valid and equal. And it's interesting to me that I think that, you know, I know you and I are of a similar age. And so I think we grew up in that environment of, of kind of riding the straddle of knowing that it, it wasn't so great for women and then seeing like the progress that was made. I wonder with younger authors, if they came into the world or their growing up experience, women always had the achievements that we have now, is it not that big of a deal to be thought of as strong? Like, I wonder if there's a connection is what I'm saying. I think that there could be. Um, I, I think that there may be uh, really an illusion that we have, and we have come a long way. I mean, we, we have the vote, we have, you know, we certainly, if you go back and look at what, um, what we have now that we didn't have when I was born, right. um, it right. would be, you know, women couldn't uh, have a mortgage, they couldn't buy a car, they couldn't open a credit card in their own name, they couldn't open, I mean, all the things that, that just couldn't be done um, that, that are fairly recent, it always blows my daughter's minds. They always say, oh my gosh, you know, the, uh, but the difference is, you know, I look at that. I look at the fact that I have three daughters between the ages of almost 23 and almost 30, and um, and they don't have that mindset. I mean, they, they definitely grew up in that time, and they don't have the, uh, you know, the, well, we always had it this way mindset. Um, and I think because they have encountered, even at their relatively young ages, they have encountered um, gender bias. Right. Um, they right. have seen things, you know, um, it's, it's not easy, uh, all, all the time to be a woman. Um, even in, at this time, um, you know, all of my daughters and, and I have experienced the, the times when you can't, uh, you don't feel good about walking through a parking lot alone because you know that, that right. you're probably not safe. Even if it's not physical danger, it's that you're going to be yelled at, you're going to be hooted at, you're going to be, you know, and you know, that's, that's just not right. That's not how it's supposed to right. be. Right. Um, so what does it mean? If, if, if I could have had um, another, say, 10 minutes, 15 maybe with these women, I, one of the first things I think I would have asked is, you know, well, how do you see a strong woman? And we talked about the actual definitions, but what does it mean to us to be, to be strong? Um, I think, I think for me personally, a strong woman is someone who is able to stand firm in her beliefs. It's someone who is able to stand up for herself. Um, it's someone who, uh, has the, the courage to pursue her goals and to kind of, you know, break out of the mold that might be set for her by those around her. Um, and I, I think a strong woman, I, I think a lot of women's strength comes in an emotional strength. And in a mental strength, um, I think that, you know, 
stereotypically when we think of strength, we think of, you know, the man's physical strength or whatever, how strong the man is. But I think in many, many situations that we see that it is that emotional strength or the quiet strength of the, of the woman that kind of keeps things on an even keel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I would be curious why they, like, what is it they see about strong women that's detrimental? Like when they're saying that they don't want, you know, college educated women or they don't want, you know, women with, with powerful careers and that they feel like readers can't relate to that. I'm very curious as to why that would be a negative thing. I am too. I really am. And I, um, I wonder about that. Uh, they, they specifically, one specifically said, well, I was a stay-at-home mom and, and that's what I write about. Well, I don't equate those two things. I, no, I, me you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I still think I was, I mean, it was, it was probably the hardest job I will ever have. And I don't, I don't think that that precludes you being a strong woman. Um, I think you have to be a very strong woman. To, oh, yeah. to stay at home. I think both. I don't, I don't think either one of those choices is a stronger choice. No. It takes a lot of strength to, um, to, to leave your child behind and go outside the home and work. You know, when your child's clinging to your knee crying or when your child is sick or when your child has a presentation at school and you're not going to be there. Like, unfortunately, those are things that that is a choice that takes a lot of mental and emotional strength to be able to go and, and basically step into a different box and, and function and succeed at work when you have these obligations at home. But it is a, a equally strong but different kind of strength, someone that can stay at home and, you know, deal with children all day and deal with all the emotional aspects of that and be kind of, in some cases, you know, somewhat isolated from the outside world or, or you know, dealing with, it's, it's hard taking care of kids. I absolutely love my children and there's nothing I would I would give for the experience of being a mother but it's hard work it's it's very yes. physically demanding it's very emotionally demanding it's very mentally demanding and there is no way you can say that a woman who is a stay-at-home mom is not a strong person exactly so I, I don't I don't think either one of those life choices reflects a lack of strength right exactly um and and I I would agree with that I was a, a homeschooling mom too and I can tell you that it's 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 not, it was not easy. It was nothing I would ever give up for the world, but it was, there were days that it took a lot more um, strength to do that than it would have to <laughs> simply <laughs> send the kids off and stay in bed right. or do something like that. Yeah. Um, and I look at, I look at in my past, I have uh, two grandmothers who I look at as both being incredibly strong women, but for different reasons. Uh, my, my father's mother was very, very quiet. She was, she's the one who gave me my love of reading. We read books from a very early age. Um, I lived with her off and on um, when my dad was in Vietnam and my mom and I lived with her and, and my grandfather. Uh, so I really looked to her as being one of my female role models and she would not have been considered. She would have told you that she was submissive, that she was quiet, that she never argued, whatever. But when you talk about the neck that turns the head, that was my grandmother. She, she, didn't, she didn't have to push her way into anything, but she had a quiet strength that the rest of the family just depended on. Um, as opposed to my other grandmother, who also was, uh, um, she wasn't quiet, but she, she was a, a housewife, but she had 13 children. I mean, 13 children over 20 years. My mother was the 13th. And, um, and she had been 
she was the first woman um, accepted to medical school in, in the state of Virginia. She did not end up going uh, because she met my grandfather and, and got married and got started on those 13 children. But um, she lost children along the way. Um, she, uh, she rode in the rodeo with Roy Rogers. She uh, had a, was on a ranch. She you know, roped steer. She, she just did these incredible things. So yeah, she was strong, but in a very different way. And I really feel like I was very blessed to have both examples and not to feel that there was only one way or the other. Well, I think that's, that's one of the things to me, like when they say that they don't want to write strong women. Well, one, I think we have a responsibility to write mm -hmm. strong women because we know that our readership is predominantly female. And so I think that you want to have a wide variety of women for people to relate to or to be inspired by or to see themselves in. And I think that to say that they don't want to write strong women, I think is very naive about what it means to be strong because you just hit on that that you can be you know strong doesn't mean that you're that you're overbearing and in everyone's face and taking charge and and you know out on the front lines kind of leading um you know my i feel like my grandmother is one of the strongest women that i know and she does not have a, a powerful personality she does not have a powerful voice she's not always someone who you know s speaks but she has a very quiet strength. Um, she has been, you know, a pillar for our family. She's buried two husbands. She's largely supported herself and her family, um, you know, throughout her life. She's definitely been, you know, a, a pillar of strength for me. And I, and I feel like sometimes we, we kind of pigeonhole what it means to be a strong woman. And I do think there are times when we equate being a strong woman with being a bitch. Mm -hmm. And... I think we should discuss that. Like, why? Why is that? Why is it that the the connotation of the term strong woman is sometimes easily exchanged with being a bitch? I, I don't know that answer. If I did, um, you know, I would probably be a lot farther along. You'd be on the speaking journey. circuit. And, <laughs> there yeah, you go. Changing. Um, uh, but it's, it's definitely true. Um, I, I think that women have had to temper their strength in order to get things done. And that's very frustrating. A man can come into a situation, take charge and be labeled as, um, you know, assertive, powerful, and, assertive yes, and, and successful. A leader. Exactly. And, and determined. A, yes. And motivated. And, yes. yes. And a woman comes into the same situation and is called uh, controlling, manipulative, um, a bitch. Um, right. You know, right. Uh, un unwomanly. You know? Well, I look at like just a small example, like the 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 Wimbledon was it Wimbledon? Yes. It was Wimbledon, right? right yeah. That that if you have men who are passionate about what they're doing, they're emotional, they're in the mindset of the game, and they scream something inappropriate at the at the umpire, they're was, passionate. You was know? that Wimbledon or was if that the, the French? Was that the Open? It was the Open, I it think. Was the I think open. it was the Open. Yeah. If the woman does it, then she's being hysterical. Exactly. Like, you know, so I do exactly. think that I yeah. I do think there's a lot of of there's a lot of blur. There is. Between, you know, and, and I did look up the definition of, of bitch as well, just so we were clear. <laughs> and um, other than the obvious, you know, female dog uh, meaning of it, it is a malicious, spiteful, or overbearing woman, a lewd or immoral woman, or something that is extremely difficult, objectionable, or unpleasant. And I do think that sometimes um, for a woman to be strong, that makes her appear as difficult or unpleasant and um 
Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it, I think a lot of that has to do with who her strength affects. That's very true. That's very true. And I mean, I, I can tell you from personal experience, if I know I'm girding myself up for a situation that's going to be difficult, I am, I am loaded for bear and ready to be unpleasant if I have to be. If I have to stand up for something that's important to me, that's important to my family, that is, you know, any of that, I am, I am ready to, I, I know it may take some unpleasantness. I know it may make me um, have to say things and do things that, that I don't like to do, that I don't feel like are in my, my normal, um, who I am. But I don't know if that makes me a bitch. Or maybe sometimes I have to be a bitch. You know, maybe that's what it is. Um, I I also I think that there's this view that that when we talk and we and we kind of alluded to this, but when we talk about strong women, that we are talking about careers. And so maybe these women, these authors, were saying that they don't like to write, you know, women who have a high-powered career because they don't feel that that's relatable to a certain segment of the readership. And there may be some validity in that. There may well, be. But I think it's I think it's it's important to have all of that. Yes. You know, I think there are some women who want, you know, who there are some women who are career women and they're pursuing a career and they want to read about other women who are also pursuing yeah. a career or, or have goals that they want to achieve in in, you know, their uh, career success or entrepreneurial success. True. I, I just think it's just like the just like I think it's wrong that we classify someone as a bitch if they are strong in those terms. I think it's also unfair that we think of someone as not being strong if they're not pursuing a career. But I think, too, there are things that we as a society look at as being weak that aren't weak. I know um, growing up, like I I am a person who um, I used to say I was very emotional. And, and now I prefer to say I'm a person who experiences emotions very easily. Mm-hmm. And growing up, that was something I was always told was weak that I needed to be stronger, that I needed to not cry, that I needed to not let things get to me. I needed to not wear my feelings on my sleeve. Um, and, and all of that was said in terms of if if I could control my emotions better or I didn't feel things so easily, then I would be stronger. And yeah. it took me mm-hmm. a long time to um, to realize and accept that I, I, am a, I am a strong person. I am strong emotionally and I'm strong mentally. And just because I cry if I'm upset just because I cry in movies just because things get to me and I am and I am a sensitive person and an empathetic person that doesn't take away my strength it doesn't mean that you are strong if you don't show emotion no Um, in fact I think sometimes it takes more courage and more strength to to allow yourself to feel and allow yourself to reveal your feelings than it does to hide them well as as Glennon Doyle says if you cry a lot, if you laugh a lot, it's because you're paying attention. Because you're that's paying attention. Why, I that's completely agree is. with that. Yep. And I that, completely agree with that. That is, that is absolutely true. And I think I felt the same way. I think um, I know that when I was growing up, it was, you know, oh, are you crying again? Are right. you, are you, you know, why are you so emotional? It was, it was definitely a negative um, in my family. It was, oh, well, Tadra's going to, you know, get upset about this or whatever. Well, you know what? I... I think that it was because I was paying attention. It was because um, it didn't mean that I needed to be, um, you know, catered to. I didn't need to be. Yes, I didn't need to be coddled. I didn't need. I just. But but there was usually a valid reason. Um, And and I think that that's very important to note that crying does not denote weakness. Laughter does not denote weakness. Uh, 
because there are some women who love use humor. Does love does not denote weakness. Not denote right. weakness. Uh, right. But there, there are some women who definitely equate, they've used their humor to build strength. And that is, that is awesome. There's a great, I can't think of the name of it right now, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisie. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, and I have not seen it, but my girls are watching it and they just love it. And, it, and I, so I've heard uh, some of it. She used her, her humor to, you know, to build her strength. So, um, you know, I, I do think it's important to, to know that we can give it a definition, but we cannot put it in a box. We cannot yeah, take I, a woman's Yeah, I just don't think it needs to, to be confined. No. And I, and I think that there is, I think there is such a need to write strong women yeah. of all definitions, of all, you know, varieties. And if that means that you don't write someone that has a career, that's perfectly fine. But I, I, I think what I... I don't know what what I don't understand is why you would want to write a heroine who um, is wimpy. Yeah, I guess, and 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 it's interesting, like because a lot of I found younger reviewers with my Tales Behind the Veil series. Tyler is a person who's grown up with a very uh, domineering mother. She's grown up mm-hmm. in a in a society where women were supposed to be. Um, you know, do, do what you're told. Don't question like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that she is, it's definitely kind of a coming of age story where she is, is trying to find herself. She's trying to find her own voice. She's trying to learn to speak up for herself. She's trying to learn to stand up to her mother, to stand up to her boss, to stand up for herself in relationships, because she's basically, you know, been kind of like that, that doormat of, of, because she loved someone, she, you know, allowed him to treat her in ways that she shouldn't have been treated. And it's funny because I get, especially from younger readers, which is why it shocks me that with younger authors that say this, I get a lot of, of, of kind of like, um, feedback from them that they don't like that she's wishy-washy. They don't like that she can't stand up for herself. They don't like, well, it's a progression. And, you know, by the end of the trilogy, she's learned that. She's found her voice and she's learned to stand. And so I think sometimes it's okay to write about women who aren't strong yet. Yes. But I want over the course of their story, over the course of their character development and their character arc, I want them to find their strength. Yes. So I, I, I would... I would hate to think that we were writing women who weren't able to grow and find strength. So I think it's okay that maybe they're not strong at the beginning of the story, but the progression of the story and the obstacles they overcome and the things they go through and the relationships they're in, that they find their strength by the end of the story. Absolutely. And especially if you're writing romance, it can be, uh, none of us are strong in every way. You know, there are things that I can be, I, I, I can handle and I can do, but I am so glad that I have a husband who can do some things that I just choose not to do. And I, right. I don't feel that that makes me less and I, he doesn't feel that it makes me less and I'm, we're, we're both okay with that. So that's part of romance, I think, is finding the man who, um, who accepts and appreciates and celebrates the strength of the woman he loves, uh, does not need to take it away. I think it's really, really important for young women these days, for all women, but specifically for young women, to read about women in books, in romances, in every level of literature, from, from, from the, the lowest to the highest, if we're going to say that there's elevations in literature, uh, where there are women who, um, who display strength in different ways, and yet who are still um, 
positive even in their times of weakness because we're not strong all the time. There are right. times that I just want to curl up and stay in bed all day. And sometimes getting out of bed is the biggest show of strength that we're going to have, you know. And staying out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Out, staying out. Exactly. Well, and sometimes there's like... when you just know you have to stay in and that's that's okay too. I feel like I, like for me personally, I love, you know, the hero that gives unconditional love. I love... I love the hero that rescues. I love the hero that protects. I love that that feeling of being safe because he's going to protect you and he's going to race you, uh, re rescue you. He's going to come for you in the end. You know, you know he's going to show up and, and save her. But it's also very important to me when I write that type of storyline that she's capable of taking care of herself. Yeah. She's not, you know, laying around with the, the back of her hand across her forehead going, oh, ma, <laughs> what will I do until he gets here? Like she <laughs> is kicking ass tracks. on her own. Yeah. Exactly. You know, she's kicking ass on her own and trying to resolve it herself but I still like that him coming in at the end and, and I think that I think it's okay to be strong to be resourceful to be intelligent to be motivated to be driven but to still need a partner right um that you know maybe sometimes she rescues him and sometimes he rescues her in fact in in it's really funny because I, I have Sloan uh, in my Cedar Creek series like gets herself into the stupidest situations where he has to rescue her and so I kind of flip the tables in the next Sloan story. Like there's a moment where he needs to be rescued because I feel like I, I to me, I feel like that's a strong partnership when, when both are allowed to have their strengths and both are allowed to, you know, pursue and be motivated that she doesn't have to be weaker than in order, you know, for this, this romance to work mm -hmm. that, you know, he can still rescue her. He can still be her hero or her knight in shining armor. That kind of like trope that we love to have, it doesn't mean that, that, you know, she's locked in the top of the tower and can't do anything resourceful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in most of my books, when I think about it, it's more of an emotional rescue um, yes. because I don't write suspense or, or, uh, you know, uh, it's, it is mostly uh, women who are going through something, women who um, are coming out of something. I think of um, my uh, always our love, which is, um, I think that, yeah, that's the one. Uh, she's coming out of a very difficult time. So is uh, her, her love interest and how they come together and realize that, that being together does not make them weaker, that on, on the contrary, it makes them stronger and that needing somebody is okay. It's all right to need somebody. Um, and and that, that brings to mind, you know, we were talking about women who are our strong women heroes in, in literature and in uh in television and movies, and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks watching Buffy because it was Halloween, and so she was just on there, and I was watching, and they do. Joss Whedon does such an amazing job. Whenever he writes the best women, he really does, and um, he does a really great job over the course of the Buffy seasons, bringing her. Uh, to a level of maturity where it's it's really hard for her. She is the stronger. There's no doubt about it. Physically, she is the strongest person. Um, and how does that relate to the men in her life? Uh, can she, there's you know there's vampires and they kind of match her for for physical strength, but they can't they can't match her for um, always for emotional strength, for intellectual right. strength. They're not strong enough. Right. When she does um, have a relationship with a a mortal. 
Um, he ends up leaving her because he feels like he's superfluous or that's what he says. So, right. you know, and then, and she blames herself for that. And it's, it's really hard because I think that that is a great analogy for what women sometimes go through that, that they feel like if they take care of themselves, are they making their men feel superfluous, making their men right. feel unneeded? Um, right. That, that, it comes down to well, it's not I, really our job. At, you know, I look at the, the, I've always loved the term still magnolia. Mm. Um, where it's something that is, you know, soft and beautiful and pretty and, and um, you know, uh, easy on the eye <laughs> on the outside. But it's something that is very strong and, and iron-willed and made of steel on the inside. And I think um, it, that's, you know, one of my favorite books, one of my favorite movies. I had the honor of, of being in that in that on stage and just an, an amazing group of women that were with me in the cast on stage to bring it to life. And I think it's such a great example of it does not mean that you lose your softness. It does not mean that you lose your femininity. It does not mean that you um, have to be a total hard ass in order to be strong, mm -hmm. that there can be a strength there. There can be an emotional strength. And I do think sometimes, because, you know, these, these stereotypes exist both ways. You know, we stereotype men in society that they are strong. Mm -hmm. We stereotype them that they, that if they show emotion, they're weak. We stereotype them that they're supposed to always keep it together. They're supposed to be, you know, the ones that are protecting and the ones that are, and, and that's kind of, that's hard on them. Like that puts just yeah. as much pressure on them as, as, you know, these pigeonholes put on us. And I think, like, there's a part of Still Magnolia's where, where they talk about um, that sometimes the, the, the men's strength, when you get into an emotional crisis, it, that's, that's harder for them to display strength. Mm -hmm. That's when a, you know, when a woman's strength sometimes is, you know, is more on full display. She talks about in that, that when Shelby, her daughter, you know, she was there, mm -hmm. she brought her into the world and she was there at the last moment when she brought her out and that her husband wasn't able to be there because it was yeah. just too difficult for him. And I know, um, we had a local story here where there was a young man who um, w was injured with a gasoline can explosion and his father blogged about the experience and his father said it was his mother who went in, you know, when they were brushing the skin, when they were doing all these grafts, when they were doing all these extremely painful things and he was crying out and he was just, you know, in more pain than a, than a human body can, you know, can take and, and the father said he had to leave. And he, and he talked about how much stronger his wife was in that instance. So I think that like we have, I think all stereotypes, you know, have a thread of truth in them. That's why they exist. But I think we have that stereotype of men's physical strength and women's emotional strength. And I think that they complement each other. There are times when women um, in their capacity are stronger than their male partner um, and or, you know, well, their female partner too. I don't want to. I don't want to preclude anyone. But um, the there are times when each of those types of strengths has to come to the forefront in order to to keep everything stable. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it is important to to not to not generalize, to not pigeonhole. Um, you know, I I saw a Bohemian Rhapsody this weekend and. Just, I'm going next weekend. Uh, the 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 you know part of that idea is for Freddie Mercury. What did it mean to be a man? And, right. And um, it was it was very. I saw it with my son, and I was, you know, I was very um, glad that he, you know, he didn't blink at any of it. Yeah, yeah, that works. You know, he's been raised with, um, you know, the idea that it's okay to be emotional as a man, and and 
that's all right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm just as proud of that as I am that I have uh, three strong daughters and I'm about to have a strong granddaughter. And, uh, you know, I think that it's important that there's recognition on both sides and, and that it comes across Most definitely. that way. And yeah. I think that we need to continue to write heroes who are strong mm -hmm. in many ways. Yes. And I think it's very important that we continue to write strong women and yeah. show all the different facets of strength. Um, not limited to a career choice or no. an attitude choice Absolutely. or a uh, language choice or, you know, any of that, that exactly. we allow there to be so many different facets of strength. Absolutely. And, and that's, that, yeah, it doesn't have to mean that you're a bitch. No. And that's um, one of the things that came out of this was what, what can we do to kind of do something positively? And a, a group of authors and I started a why, uh, a group about writing strong women and then opened it up to readers and uh, called it I Read Strong Women. And it has just been overwhelmingly um, positive. And, and we have all these readers and writers coming together and say, this is what I love. This is what this is what makes me happy to read. This is what makes me happy to write. And, and it's been um, it's just been a really, really eye-opening, pleasant, and positive, and empowering experience. So, you know, if anybody so if people wanted to, to participate this, in that, how mm -hmm. would they find it? How would they? It participate? is it is on Facebook, and it's um, I read strong women, and um, I will put the link again on my uh, Facebook page. Okay, so it will be there. Okay, and we would love to hear from all of you. We would love to hear. Um, your thoughts on all of this. What is your definition of strength? Do you correlate a strong woman with, with being a bitch? Um, do you like to read strong women? Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts as you're reading or as you're watching? Um, what are your thoughts on, on the role that women play and the role that strength plays in relationships, in um, personal growth, in career choices, things like that? So we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at and open dialogue one at gmail.com. You can reach out to either one of us on our Facebook pages, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We are on all the, the little methods of social media. And we also each have our own website, todrickhandle.com or violethowell.com. And we would love to hear from you. Definitely. Please do. Please write us. Please comment. Come over, join our group. It's uh, um I'm putting it on here now, so it should be, and it is called We Read Strong Women, and it is a public group, so it should be easy so to find. So it's We Read Strong Women, we read, not yes, I Read. No, okay, yeah, so earlier yeah. she said I, I, but it but is no, We it's Read we. Strong Women. It's We, yes. Okay, and we are strong enough to admit when we make <laughs> We <mistake>. are. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you so much um, to all the, the strong women in my life. I thank you for your model and your example and for yep. your strength. And um, to all of you readers out there, I hope that you um, will let us know what you think. Absolutely. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.